Secrets to Real Estate Investing, Episode 116. Welcome to the Secrets of Real Estate Investing Show, where you'll learn powerful strategies from top experts to take your investments to the next level. Here's your host and expert real estate investor, Holly McCann. Hey everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Secrets to Real Estate Investing. We have with us today someone from the other side of the country from me. I'm in California, for those of you that know. And we have someone from the East Coast today, Mr. Avi Goldbar. And I'm so excited to have him here to be on our show because he's a professional radio dude. Think Realty Radio. I'm super excited to have him on. So he's going to show me some tips on how to do this. So welcome to the show, Avi. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Holly. I don't know if I can show you any tips. You have it on lock. Like I'm <laughs> listening to, I'm following you, I'm listening to you, and you really know your stuff. So uh, congratulations on putting together a really good, informative show. Well, thank you. Well, tell yeah. our listeners a bit of background about you and how you got into the real estate world. Yeah, great, um, great starting point. So a lot of folks think like people that have success started from success and that wasn't me. Um, so I'll do a little fast forward and then we'll, we can kind of go, uh, we can go back to the past. A little time machine uh, for Holly's show today. So today I'm, as Holly mentioned, I'm the radio show host, uh, nationally syndicated show host for Think Realty Radio. So much fun doing that every day. It's a daily show. You can find it on the Wall Street Radio Network and uh, interview amazing people like Holly talking about investing strategies, about what you can do in the market today, what's working, what's not working, and finding some of the best minds to be on the show. I'm also the CIO of Summon and Crown. Uh, we have a multifamily fund that's geared toward finding the right operators in the right time with the right deal uh, in the Southeast United States. Uh, so really the, what that means is we go after multifamily projects, we go after mobile home projects, and we find deals that work, especially in a market that is so, so saturated with opportunities, it seems, but, and investors and people that don't know what they're doing, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. There's, there's plenty of time. Um, I started back in 2003, 2002, 2003. I was at the University of Michigan studying electrical engineering and going back and forth between um, Ann Arbor and Detroit investing in property. Now, there's a lot there, and I don't know how much you want me to like go into it all, but I remember one moment in particular. There was one moment where I had like, I didn't do well my freshman year, my first semester freshman year, I didn't do well at Michigan. Are you familiar with the Square Root Club? Do you know what the no, Square Root Club no, is? No, I'm not, no. what is that? So it's, it's where the square root of your GPA is higher than your actual GPA. Oh, so, so <laughs> that's that why I'm not familiar with it, no. <laughs> <laughs> no so you did well, it, that means you did well in, in, uh, in college. In order for that equation to work, your GPA has to be less than one, which is terrible. <laughs> I'm cringing. <laughs> oh man, I felt like I fell into like this weird state of like semi depression. I was just not happy. And I said, there has to be a better way. And I started learning, I started reading, I started attending meetups and things. And I thought, you know what? I'm gonna give this real estate thing a shot. So that's where it all started. So because you failed in college, or maybe failure is a strong word, but didn't thrive in college, you looked elsewhere for opportunity. And you know what? Really short, quick tangent. I don't think college is for everybody, especially these days where it's so expensive. Oh, if man. You don't have it like if you don't have a clear path to how you're going to make money, 
Like I am not in support of people just studying liberal arts or art or whatever. If they're going to make the same amount as they are, they're just going to be like a barista. Love the baristas, but you don't need to go to college to do that. And don't go into all this deep debt. So, yeah. So did you leave college then at that point in time? I continued. Yeah. (laughs) I I continued. I I finished because at that point it was very much a, um, it was a psychological thing for me, right? Like whatever I start, I finish. Yes. So if I start something, I finish something, even if I'm failing during the process, like a real estate deal, one of my first real estate deals we'll get into, I didn't do well, but I finished the process and that's what was the most important for me. And so I developed this mindset of I'm going to start, I finish, start, I finish, start, I finish, but I'm also learning things while I'm going through it. And that is so, so, so key for a lot of new investors, even a lot of pro investors trying something new right now. It's okay to make mistakes. So I made a lot of mistakes back in the day, um, but I finished college, thankfully. I'm, I'm happy I did. And, uh, and then I turned down a lot of job offers that I got from the West Coast. Too warm for you out here, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it might be the taxes. I'm not entirely sure. I'm still trying to, I, yes, right, exactly. But um, no, I, I, lo- I love like the, Western, like the Western United States. I love the culture, love California culture. But there was just something in me that said, I can't work for somebody. I got to do my own thing. And again, what I start, I got to finish. I just have to see it through. And that's how I started my entrepreneurial journey. That's also how I started my real estate investing journey. Well, tell us about the beginning of your real estate investing journey and your first deal. I love to hear people's first deals. Oh, no. <laughs> so my first deal was probably probably the worst deal of my life. Um, I got involved in uh, real estate investing when I was in college. Before that, so I saved up a little bit of money because I was going to Craigslist. And for those of you that are kind of looking for a little bit of a side hustle right now, you can do this exact same thing. You can go to Craigslist. You can find like cars. You can find classic cars, like a 1965 um, Mustang GT Fastback. And you can list these cars, given that you have the permission, you can list these cars on eBay. So what I used to do is I used to sell these cars on eBay. And that's how I got a little bit of a down payment to buy my properties in Detroit. I was working with a mentor at the time, and this was my first mentor, first deal. Didn't realize that you can have bad mentors. I thought they were all gonna be great people. <laughs> I know. Uh-oh. It's, I hate telling the story, but it's a good one. So the, my mentor failed me. I had no resources. And I remember distinctly getting a call from my contractor, and he said, hey, listen, you have a serious issue with plumbing, you have a serious plumbing issue um, in one of your rentals that we're renovating right now. I said, oh crap, what's going on? And he said, well, I've got to go pick up my kids. I've left a shop vac for you. I said, okay, I know what a shop vac is, but what do you want me to do? He said, you've got to go to the property and just look at what's going on, et cetera. I said, okay, no problem, I can do that. Uh oh. So I jump in my car and it was like this, like this terrible like Honda Civic like coupe. And it starts snowing in Ann Arbor. By the time I get to Detroit, it's a full-on blizzard. I pull into the driveway, I walk into the property, and I hear running water. And I'm like, wait a minute, now I know, I, I know what the shop bag is for. And Holly, you've met me in person. I'm yes. five foot five and 135 pounds. Do I look <laughs> like I'm in any shape to do hard labor? Like, no, no. <laughs> you use your mind more than your body. That's your best skill set. There you go. <laughs> exactly. 
So for me, it was that that's that was out of the question. So I started doing what I knew how to do best, which was knock on doors and ask for help. So here I am in inner city Detroit, going down the neighborhood, knocking on doors and coming all the way back. And one of the neighbors decided to help me out. And I go downstairs and I hear running water, go downstairs, I'm neck deep in water. And I'm alone, I'm cold, the heater's not working. And this neighbor of mine who I had never met until that evening, he and I toil away until two o'clock in the morning trying to move all this water out of the property. That's not working. He goes home and I go upstairs to no bed, no mattress, no heat. And the only thing that I remember from like elementary school or middle school is heat rises. So I go to the second floor, crawl up in a corner and my best friend that evening was Jack Daniels. <laughs> and I realized that I knew nothing about real estate investing. Mm-hmm. I had no friends to help me. I had no resources to rely on and to lean on. And I had no mentor because he, because he had abandoned me. And my parents weren't going to accept what I was doing. And I still had a full load of engineering classes the, the next day to wake up to. Oh my gosh. You hit your rock bottom in real estate, huh? <laughs> when I was 18 and a half. And keep in mind, this was in like, this was 2003. Like, Everybody was making money in real estate in 2003. I was the only kid on the block losing money in 2003. (laughs) So that was my first deal. I ended up wholesaling that deal um, to another investor and I made like nothing on it. And that was, man, I vowed to myself there would be two things. One, this would never happen to me again. And number two, I would help other people overcome their own internal struggles and hurdles when it came to real estate. So that's why um, I've partnered with, with Think Realty Radio uh, to host their national show. We talk about things just to give to everybody because I know there's so much amazing knowledge. And then of course, the partner with really good people like you uh, to continue to spread that message. Wow, what an um, interesting story. And I will say that many of us learn the value in our first deal is often more the lessons than the money. I didn't make money on my first deal either. It was all um, education over improving the property and (laughs) what not to do the next time, but I kept going. Well, tell us about um, another deal that you would find of interest and value to our listeners. So let's fast forward. Uh, Let's fast forward to Atlanta um, circa 2014. Uh, There's a community, there's a, there's a, a community in Atlanta called Old Fourth Ward. And this was, this was an interesting story learned a lot of lessons. And like you said, it's the education piece that really matters. Right. So we purchased the property in Old Fourth Ward for about $250,000. The objective, tear down, build new, and sell for a profit. Mm-hmm. What didn't happen? The objective. Here's what, here's what happened. We partnered with a lender that was out of state. We said, hey, you know what? Let's go ahead and do this deal. Uh, it, it, it'll, be our first, it'll be your first deal in Atlanta, and it's going to be great. So here were the numbers at the time. Acquisition at 250, all in cost, including construction to build a, two, uh, to build a three bed, two and a half bathroom house, 1750 square feet with a one car uh, garage and an attached carport, all in for $250,000. So let's say with a little bit of cushion, our all in is $525,000 for this new build. Our exit price, 750. So it would have been a great day. Problem is during that time, the city of Atlanta was, I mean, 2014, there were 
getting a lot of new construction permits and it bogged down the city. It really slowed down the city in terms of permitting. Mm -hmm. And then the, uh, the UDC for the city, uh, for that community, and the homeowners association for that community essentially said, well, you're building a modern house and we don't have modern houses on the block. You can't do this. And it turned into like this eight month long discussion about what kind of house we could build. So the lender started freaking out naturally. And I, it would make sense. Uh, we communicated with the lender as frequently with updates and everything, everything that we could. Mistake number one that we learned from, you really have to vet your lender. Now come to find out, this was the lender's first residential new construction deal out of state. Oh my goodness. So fast forward, uh, we wholesaled that deal to a builder and I paid the price for it. So we made like $10 on it. Okay. It was, it was terrible. Here were the builder's numbers. They bought it from us at like, they bought it from us at two, at two ninety because we were in it for, for, archi for architectural um, uh, permits, et cetera. So we had done a little bit of work on it. Right. So with, with, let's say we sold it to them. I think it's like 290 to 300. They built it for 275. Okay. So let's call it 300 plus 275. You're all in at 575 with a contingency of an extra 25,000 bucks. So they were all in at 600. Guess what they sold for? I don't know what. 954. Oh my gosh. Well, was, yay for them. <laughs> I mean, I hated myself for the longest time because I didn't do the due diligence on the front end of really understanding who the lender was and really understanding their tolerance for patience and risk and time because sometimes these permits just take forever, right? That's just the way it works. Yes. So, lesson learned. How much did it cost me? Too much. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh man, that sucks. This is like a, I feel like this is kind of like one of those Dr. Phil real estate investor like interviews. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Except I'm not, I'm not a licensed um, real estate therapist to tell you, oh, it's okay. Everything, you're your own therapist. You pull yourself Yes. Out. <laughs> you know what though? I think that would be a really interesting niche. Real estate investing therapy. There you go. And yeah. You could call you can you could call it REIT. Oh wait a minute, that's already taken. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, how funny. So somebody else made a whole lot of money instead of you. And then yes. how did that change you or impact you? I just got smarter. I got smarter with the lenders. I got smarter with the way that I was buying. I got smarter with my process. I got smarter with who my expediters were at the city to help me pull all these permits because like, I don't want to be drive like driving in Atlanta is worse than driving in LA. Okay. And I've driven in LA and I wow. hate driving in LA. Yeah. It's just like, you have somebody from the right turn lane and they want to make a left and like, he's doing makeup. It's like just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, well said. <laughs> so it's, it's this crazy world and like driving from Buckhead to get to the like downtown is like this entire process. Um, and then parking and you get a ticket and ugh. so I needed help, got the right resources and now it's a seamless process, but I don't do a whole lot of new construction anymore. I realized that's not really my gig. My gig, my, where I, my swing zone is identifying the right operators for multifamily and raising capital for those deals. So that's a lot of fun for me now. Wow. Well, that was a quick fast forward. Can you tell us about a project Super. you're working on now or recently? Super fast forward. So we just acquired a 100 unit apartment complex in Gaffney 
uh, South Carolina. And that was just, again, this world, the multifamily world, comes down to two things, relationships and capital. That's what it comes down to. And you have to be able to build both, especially like even in the single family world, right? The single family residential rehab, new construction world, it's the exact same thing. You need the right contractors. You need the right team members. You need the right agent, right? You need the right hard hat Holly to help you get from point A to point B to point C to point D to the finish line. The same thing in the multifamily world. You got your brokers, you have your property managers, you have your renovation crews, you got to walk through, you have your due diligence teams, and everything just kind of comes together. So that deal was a, it's a pretty small deal for the multifamily space. It was about a three and a half million dollar acquisition, 108 units, and that was pretty much already ready, kind of walk-in ready of a deal. Um, That is more of a tenancy, so we have to get the vacancy rates down and the, the, uh, the, the renovation for the units had already been completed. So we checked on those. We're working on increasing the vac- uh, decreasing the vacancy, excuse me, uh, for that. And the exit strategy for that is just to buy and hold, uh, maybe refinance out in the next three to five years, and then buy and hold in, in our portfolio. So for us overall, for me, once you realize that this real estate investing game is, has nothing to do with just taking in large sums of cash, it has more to do with passive investing and holding on, like I hold on to cash. Like I want to hold on to it and like hug it as much as possible, right? It's like passive income, come here, just give me a big hug. So the more that I can buy and hold assets that are income producing, the better it's going to be for me and my investors and for wealth building for the long term. So that's really what, what I've been preaching to folks that are in the flipping game right now. Oh yeah, and for sure the tax benefits are way better to have passive income as opposed to flipping income. So when you're doing active flips like me, you're gonna pay a lot higher taxes than if you're strictly in the, the passive income bucket as people yes. call it. And I think it's a mistake, like I'm not saying don't flip. If you're flipping, that's great. Add that buy and hold component to what you're doing because you can keep doing what you love doing, right? Like you like transforming homes and all of that stuff. And mm-hmm. that's amazing. Um, I'm just not good at that. I'm great on the passive income side. I love that because I know it's recurring. So example, W2 job, awesome. Dominate that, you're an airline pilot, healthcare professional, doctor, whomever. You have a sizable income stream here, which is called your job, great. Take a piece of that, 25, 30% of that, put it over here into a passive income bucket. Whether it's a fund like the one that I have, or you can find your own multifamily apartment complex, or you can lend capital to say hard hat Holly for her deals. Do that because then you're passively making money, but you're still, you still have your solid income. Love it. Yeah, the two different buckets. So um, tell us too, before we wrap up, what is your role? What do you do? What do you do well now? What are you passionate about your role in the whole? um, Like, do you do the money raising? Are you out building teams? Like, what is your specialty now? I think we've established that I know I I can't do like construction, right? So I I can't (laughs) even wear a hard hat. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I and I tried wearing a hard hat. but I think you look better in a hard hat than I do. I, I, like, I get like weird like hat head and it's just like, it's not pretty. So my role specifically is finding folks that are business owners, entrepreneurs that are making good money in their businesses today, but they want to see that extra squeeze, right? They want to see that extra return 
that, quite frankly, you're not going to find in a certificate of deposit. You're not going to find in the markets. And, you know, you still get access to uh, the real estate profits. Right? You can see passive income. You get the depreciation. You get the income. You get some equity. You can appreciate it. And you get to participate in all of these powers of real estate that you normally wouldn't have just buying Apple stock and holding on to it for 10 years because who wants to do that, right? Individual stock investing, terrible idea. If you like equities, there are two things that I recommend. I mean, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm just a wealth building nut. Two things. One, take a look at ETFs, exchange traded funds. And then number two, uh, take a look at index funds. Warren Buffett swears by them. And if he does, then I will too. Uh, and I own both of these in my equities portfolio. But in terms of real estate investing, take a look at funds. If you're a high income earner, that means you're an accredited investor. You have access to more deals than most people have anyway. And if you're not, Take a look at single family rentals. There's nothing wrong with acquiring over a period of 10 or 15 years a single family rental that will pay you three, four $400 a month in positive net cash flow times five. That's $2,000 a month over 20 years. You'd build that to 25 or 30. It's a total win, win, win. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, there you go. <laughs> okay. So as we wrap up here, tell our listeners how they can learn more about you, find your radio show and learn about, um, potential investment opportunities. Great. Uh, if you want to listen to the radio show, super easy. Go to thinkrealtyradio.com. If you want to learn more about me, my fund, I go to investwithabby.com. That's and how it. how is Abby spelled? Ah, yes, that's right. I, I misspell it all the time. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how that happens. I, I, I start typing in Superman and like it doesn't, I'm trying to, I'm trying to fool Google into like auto-filling Superman followed by Abby Golhar. I don't know how to do that yet. I'm still, it's an algorithm. <laughs> um, Abby, Abby spelled A B as in boy H I. So invest with A B H I dot com. Perfect. And listeners, this is show number 116 for me. So you go to hardhatholly.com forward slash 116 to get all the show notes, to get the links, get the links to his show, and to connect directly with this genius who has found a way to help people make passive income. And I have to give a quick plug for people that have self-directed investments. If you've got money in retirement accounts, this is a really good opportunity in my personal opinion. I'm not a financial advisor or a practicing CPA anymore, but check it out. It's a great way to put self-directed retirement accounts to work is to invest in real estate opportunities like this. So also real quick, you can text them to the number 38470. That's 38470, text hard hat all one word, no spaces to get links to the show notes and everything else. So with that, Abby, any final words of advice before we sign off? I would say continue to follow somebody like Holly, right? She's interviewing awesome people. She is an awesome investor herself. She knows what she is doing and she is totally driving forward this, this, this message that, you know, women can crush it in this space and we need more women in the real estate investing space. So keep doing what you're doing. I'm all about woman power. Um, I would also say, find your investing personality. You're new, you're listening to the show for the first time and you're watching this and you're like, who is this obby guy? I would say, find your investing personality. If you don't know what type of investor you are, somebody else will tell you what to invest in. And if that doesn't jive, if that doesn't sync with who you want to be, you're not going to be, it's not going to be a very good experience. You might end up losing some money. Set yourself up to win, understand who you are, and then go out and seek the resources to make that happen. Awesome. Get out there, listeners, take some action and make some money. Thank you. Thanks, Holly. 
Thanks for listening today. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review our show. And let us know in your review what you'd like to hear more of. For the show notes and free downloads for this episode and all others, go to hardhatholly.com. 